This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome, oh crap, yeah, we are four seconds in and I've screwed up already and I'm not restarting because, you know, I don't, you get to listen to me screw up. Welcome to episode 65. (laughs) See, that's the problem, I'm now 65, I am elderly, I am entitled for the seniors discount, my podcast is entitled for the seniors discount at the drugstore. Uh, Why am I being sent a video? Oh, all right. I will see what my live studio audience is is can be a little, you know, pain in the butt sometimes because now I want to go and watch this really cool thing, and um, I'm going to watch it anyway. And oh, that's really cool! It's really cool, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing this in person because I will be seeing it in person. So let's just go right into housekeeping. Scarefare. That's it. That is all the housekeeping I have. Why is that all the housekeeping that I have? Uh, because we have no money. Um, everything from every department that we had is all being funneled into Scarefare to bring you this really cool, really fun, going to be an amazing time show. Um, so, yeah, the only housekeeping that I have is uh, Scarefare, October 30th. Doors open at 9 a.m. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be look. I'm going to be looking like a very tired vampire. I think vampire, undead. Anyway, I'm going to be very tired because it's going to be 9 a.m. that I have to be there at my table, which means I will be up at oh, say 6:30, maybe seven, to make sure that I do my costume and my makeup right. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse than looking like a vampire that isn't quite vampirish. Um, I mean. 
if I look like I've got some color, I can just tell people I just fed before I came, you know. But no, I want to be pastier and whiter than I already am. But anyway, yeah. So Scarefare, October thirtieth. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am excited about it. Um, I have two major things looming right before Scarefare, so that's kind of overshadowing my excitement for Scarefare. Um, I have my outbound interna- international outbound travelers COVID test on the 21st of October. And that's kind of got me freaked out because, I mean, every, anytime you go for a COVID test, because they keep bandying this word around asymptomatic, which means you could have it and not know. You feel perfectly fine. Like, ah, no, I'm good. And they stick this Q-tip up your nose and they squiggle your brain around for a minute, yank it out and go, no, no, you're not. You have COVID. And then all of a sudden, it's really weird because if you look like all these people that were, you know, asymptomatic and told, oh, hey, you've got COVID all of a sudden are deathly ill. It's like the word has this power to make you sick. You know, the, the power of COVID compels you type thing. And down you go. Um, but yeah, so I've got that on the 21st because I have to have that before I can get on a plane and go to California. So I'm worried as I do. If anybody who knows me knows that I am a worry wart, have been as long as I can remember. Um, we had this Monopoly board game at my grandmother's cottage. Each of us had our specific little tokens that we would play with on the game. Like my dad was always the race car. My mom was always the little Scotty dog. And... um my grandmother had given me this little charm, no more than an inch high, of this really wrinkled, frazzled, decrepit-looking little bird. And it said on the top of it, I am a worry bird. Like it had this little base that it stood on. It was silver, well, pewter with silver plating, but silver. And it said on the top, it said, I am a worry bird. And on the bottom, it said, let me do the worrying for you. So she gave it to me so that I wouldn't be such a worrier. And that was my little token that I would play Monopoly with. And I think that game now is at my sister's. Um, I am going to find out the next time I go to my sister's. I'm going to find the game and I'm going to find my little my little dude um, and bring it home before my brother decides that, or my brother-in-law decides that he's going to sell the game for 50 cents and I lose my little token dude, my little worry, my little worry bird. But yeah, I'm a worrier. So yeah, I'm worrying about my COVID test, which I'm sure is going to be fine. I'm taking precautions. Um, I'm social distancing. I'm wearing my mask. I'm sanitizing. I've got more alcohol in my system this year than I have had in the last 10. And I'm not even enjoying it. I mean, I don't even have any great stories to tell other than, you know, I put hand sanitizer on my hands and then rubbed my eyes. It was the most excitement I've had with alcohol this year. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm logically, I know I'm fine, but I am not a logical person. Um, the logical side of my brain generally takes a backseat to all of the other crazy that happens to be in there. The crazy is raining and the crazy will rain from now until the 24th at about 1147 because that's when I land in Vegas. I land in Vegas at 1145. 
And once the plane is safely on the ground, then I will stop worrying. <laughs> because it's just one worry after another. Like, I'm worrying about my COVID test now. Once I get the COVID test done, then it's going to be I'm worrying about getting the email. Okay, then I get the email. Then it's going to be worrying about, well, what if I can't get to the email in time and I need, I'm holding up the lineup at the security checkpoint thingy at the thingy and... You know, I, mean, I had to have the printed out piece of paper and I can't have the printed out piece of paper because I don't have ink for my printer, you know, worrying. So then once I get the confirmation back for the COVID test, well, then it'll be worrying about getting through the security checks, through the COVID testing checks when I get to the airport. I've already told my friends I'm taking like half a bottle of Tylenol. I'm going to hang my head out the window the entire drive to the city so that my skin is like they're going to think I'm dead. I'm so cold. There will be no nothing, no semblance of heat. I will not leave a heat signature anywhere. I will be that chill. So once I get through all of that and I get into the little lounge where you sit and you wait to get on your plane for like five hours, because normally they tell you to get there two hours before your plane departs so that you can go through all of that stuff and stand in line and do all that and you get where you need to go before your plane loads, whatever. Well, now because of COVID, um, and you have to sign an attestation report when you get there saying you're negative. You've got to show them your negative test. I'm going armed with my negative test, my receipts from my vaccines, my passport, my driver's license, my new driver's license because it arrived today. That was one. That was something else I was worrying about because I changed my address on my driver's license. And I did that back in August. My new driver's license hadn't shown up yet. So I was kind of concerned because... In, in Ontario, at least, I'm pretty sure it's all of Canada, but in Ontario, when you change something on your driver's license, the ministry, the lady in the, the, the chair at the desk on the other side, operating for the Ministry of Transportation, the MTO, takes your license, punches a little hole in it with a hole punch, and then she hands it back to you. Punching a hole in it makes that card now invalid. And she hands you a piece of paper that you're supposed to keep with that now invalid driver's license that says, no, no. You still have a valid driver's license. You just don't have it yet. This piece of paper says you're okay to drive. Your valid driver's license is coming. Okay, fine. So my license finally came today. That made me very happy. So that was one thing I had to, one last thing I had to worry about. I've been stressing over my suitcase because um, I am, I don't have the funds and I'm not paying $30 to check my suitcase under the plane. I've heard the horror stories. I don't want my underwear ending up in Guatemala. I'm pretty sure it would be too big for anybody there to wear. But um, yeah, so I'm not taking a checked bag. I am taking my carry-on and my personal bag. Why? Because they're free and I'm cheap. Call a spade a spade. You know, they're free and I'm cheap. So, I mean, I can pack a bag. Let me tell you, I can pack a bag. I could probably put about Two weeks worth of clothing into this bag. It's all in how you roll it, literally. Well, when I was at my sister's the last time, they're beautiful, lovely, awesome, amazing, adorable, cute, sweet-ish dog ate my suitcase. She chewed a hole in the front pocket, which means that front pocket's no good. So I can't put my tablet in it. I can't put any of my electronic cords or anything in it because it'll just fall right out the side. So my mom, in a moment of generosity, 
messaged me the other day and, well, this wasn't the moment of generosity. This was a moment of attempted generosity or a, a backing out excuse wrapped up to look like maybe she was trying to be helpful and generous. She messaged me and said, do I still need to drive you to the airport? Now, when I originally asked her, she hummed and she hawed and, well, what time is it? Well, can you make it for later in the day? Because I really don't want to drive there at that time. And can you make it for a different airport? Because I really don't want to drive into the city. Um, I'm, I'm really not fine. Maybe I can get Kyle to do it. No. <laughs> I don't want Kyle driving me to the airport. I want to actually make it to the airport and not get arrested. And if Kyle drives me to the airport, I don't care how good of a driver he is. Apparently, he's a fantastic driver, but he's also a know-it-all, which means he will be lecturing me on absolutely everything that I need to do from the point of time I get out of his car until I get on the plane. And then he'll tell me everything that I'm not to do while I'm in California. So I would have to throw him out of the car as we're going down the highway. And unfortunately, I will be in the passenger seat. So that won't work. Um, so no. I told mom I had made other arrangements because I didn't want Kyle driving me to the uh, airport. And it's farther from my sisters to Pearson than it is from here to Pearson. Um, so what's going to happen is my car will be left at home. Yay. Um, mom can pick me up from the airport whenever I decide I'm coming home. Depending on the weather, if it starts to snow here, I may never come home. I might just puddle jump over to Florida and meet her there. <laughs> Who knows? You know, whatever. Uh, that will make her happy because she wants me to drive down to Florida with her. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. She did tell me when I told her that I had made other arrangements and I wasn't sure when I was coming back from California, like what the date was, because we haven't set a date when I'm coming back yet. It, it's a one-way ticket. Uh, at the moment. And she's like, well, just be back by January so you can drive down with me to Florida. Great. Merry Christmas to you, too. So I found out I wasn't invited for Christmas. Um, <laughs> you know. All right. Fine. I think she's a little crusty because I'm not going to be with her for my birthday. But <laughs> sorry, Mom. Sucks to be you. You gave birth to me. You've had the last 49 years. And you've been away many of my birthdays. <laughs> my live studio audience is pointing that out. Uh, there were many of my birthdays that she would be in Florida and I would be spending it with my grandmother. So, you know, it's come full circle. And it's also, no, I'm not, I'm not telling them it's my 50th birthday. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be 50. It's going to be the big 5-0 and it will be at, yes, I'm getting there. It's driving him nuts because he's, he's doing like letters in the air and I know what he's doing. And it's killing him because I haven't said the three little letters yet. I haven't told you what expo it's gonna be it's gonna be pce y'all knew that anyway but yeah pce is actually falling on my actual birthday it's being held february 12th and that's my birthday so you know i don't care what anybody says it's a big old birthday party just for me yay <laughs> i'm gonna be there for it so my mom's a little crusty because a she wasn't invited and uh b she wasn't invited and C, I'm not inviting her because um, she wasn't invited. And D, I'm going to be leaving leaving her alone in Florida to fend for herself, just like I did in 2020 when I went to PCE to the very first one. But that was before my birthday. So she actually got to spend my birthday with me, but whatever. 
there there are many birthdays that I've spent without my mom or anybody else for that matter. Just my grandma, because my mom would be off on some trip and my grandma couldn't be left alone. So I'd go stay with, I'd grandma sit. And sometimes there was actual grandma sitting involved. I had to sit on my grandma a couple of times to prevent her from trying to leave. Uh, she had Alzheimer's. But uh, yeah, so a few things on my brain that I'm a little worried about, you know, getting through. So I went and bought a suitcase. And now the stress with the suitcase, because my, my laptop fits in the front pocket. Yay, that's awesome. My keyboard is a little too long for the front pocket, but I have a backpack. Unfortunately, the backpack is a little too tall for the requirements that it says to as your personal carry-on, like your personal piece of, of you know, your computer bag or your purse or uh, consulate or diplomatic bag or a camera bag. It's too tall. So as long as I don't fill it right to the top, I can squoosh the top down and make it the right height. But my keyboard's going to have to go in that because I'm not even sure my key. I'm pretty sure my keyboard would fit in my suitcase, but I'm going to have a lot of clothing in my suitcase and makeup, running shoes. Well, actually, I might wear my running shoes if I could fit my boots into like there was a pair of boots that I wanted to bring and it's just not happening. I'm not bringing them. I just I'm not. I put them in the suitcase today and um, all of the black pleather is starting to, to crumble um, so it all left little bits on the bottom and it's like there's nothing worse than having your underwear full of little black bits and then you take them off and it's like my butt has a pattern connect the dots I mean sure it would be fun but no <laughs> I don't want little black bits on everything um, so I might leave those home I'll just be a short vampire uh, I unfortunately will not I was I was really excited about these boots too because you know they're kind of tall. They make me kind of tall. They're they come up to my knees. You know what they're called? At least I know one of my one of my list one of my listeners. One of my listeners knows what it's called. One of my listeners knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, those boots. <laughs> Actually, I think she had the exact same boots. Um, I had the exact same boots. I think a lot of us back in the '90s had the exact same boots for the exact same reason. Those three letters. And because I try and keep this kind of, sort of, polite, I'm not going to say those three letters, but y'all know what they are. No. 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 My live studio audience is trying to get me to say it. Oh, he's not. I got a thumbs down. Fine. There's CMF boots. Wait, CFM boots. CFM? CM? Wait. Hang on, I gotta say it in my head. CFM boots. No, because I don't say the F word on my show. See, now he's trying to decipher what the, the C and the M are. <laughs> okay, the C is opposite of go, and the M is opposite of you. And I don't say, ah, now he's got it. <laughs> Do you see why I wasn't saying it? <laughs> he's okay with it, whatever. I don't care. Um, I, I mean, I care. I, I, I'm technically, he has said on numerous occasions that I am allowed to say whatever I want. I could talk about whatever I want on my podcast. It's my podcast. Um, I've never actually tested that theory uh, fully. <laughs> I've gotten away with some things that I didn't think I was going to. 
Um, but for the most part, I have great respect for the owner of the podcast network and the entire freaking company. So I tend to keep my podcast clean-ish <laughs> and um, swear word free. Uh, but I'm going to actually test my boundaries tonight because there's a couple of things that I want to talk about that um, I'm not going to go into specific details because out of respect for the parties involved, I'm not going to go into specific details. Uh, please know if you are a close personal friend of mine, if we have any connection whatsoever, we are good. This has nothing to do with you. It really has nothing to do with me. It's more of a situation that I am observing that um, I'm not happy with. And I'm going to tell you right now, there, because of the serious of what I'm going to get into talking to you about, there will be no Fun Fact Friday. There will be no Florida Man or Florida Woman Friday. Because I don't want to diminish the seriousness of what I'm about to discuss. Now, the topics, topic that I want to get into, there's three words, three major words that I take very, very seriously. I didn't always, I'll admit that. I Mistakes were made, lessons were learned, adjustments and learning and changing and growing happened from those mistakes. I was not always a trustworthy person. I was not always a loyal person. I was not always, did not always operate from a place of integrity. I do now. Um, I have for the better part of 18 years now, 14 years. Yeah. Something like that. I still make mistakes, but I try and do my very, 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 very best to be trustworthy and to be loyal. I'm, I'm loyal to a fault. That is one thing. I am loyal to a fault. I will have your back and defend you with my dying breath, if I feel you deserve it. And I try and function with integrity. Now I'm going to read you the definitions of each word. Trust. Trust is something that is very big for me. Trust I have always felt is earned and not given. Because if it's just given, that's blind trust. And you know what they say about blind trust. So trust is something that is earned over time. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I've been watching somebody recently breaking trust. And they're breaking trust that was given to them. They hadn't earned it yet. It was given to them because they're good salesmen. They could sell you a snowball in the middle of a blizzard in Alaska. And you'd believe you wanted that snowball. You had to have that snowball. But I've been watching this trust being broken and I haven't said anything to either party because I mean, it's not really my place to say anything. And that's kind of been, been playing on me as well, watching this trust be broken. Now, I do know the one party is aware that lies have been told, but it's killing me. I'm telling you, it's killing me. Next word, loyalty. What is the true meaning of loyalty? Loyalty, 
allegiance, fidelity, all imply a sense of duty or of devoted attachment to something or someone. Loyalty connotes sentiment. I probably said connotates. Wow. Wow. Sentiment and the feeling of devotion that one holds for one's country, creed, family, friends, etc. That's a big one. That's a big one. So the character, the, the character traits of a loyal person, honesty, well, there falls the trust. They stand by you and take a stand for you. They respect your boundaries. They celebrate your success. They have a positive outlook on life. They invest in the relationship, be it friendship, love, business. They invest in that relationship. And they don't have conditions in a relationship. That is a loyal person. They will stand behind you, no questions asked. They will be beside you and defend you, no questions asked. They won't hurt you. They won't betray you. Hmm. And I have seen, and it's not just one person either with loyalty. I've seen it happening with others towards the same person. And it's really bothering me. Really bothering me. And the final word, integrity. Integrity. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. The state of being whole and undivided. The meaning of integrity is a person of integrity displays a principled dedication to values and beliefs. They always seek to reflect ethical standards and do the right thing regardless of the circumstances. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. I know I sound a little aggressive because I am angry. I'm angry. Do the right thing. Hmm. And what I've been seeing happening is a breaking of trust, a lack of loyalty, and a complete lack of integrity. There is no doing the right thing. There are no ethical standards being upheld. There is no loyalty. There is no trust. And I don't know what to do to change it, to fix it. I mean, that, that, that all kinds of, kind of leads you to another word because all three of those words, integrity, integrity, loyalty, trust, they're all wrapped up in one word, one word, honor, honor. Now, in a society where your guarantee is a signature on a piece of paper, that a contract has to be drawn up for something simple because your word is no longer your bond in a world where Trust, loyalty, and integrity are commodities that are traded like stocks. Well, if you give me this, I'll give you my trust. I'll give you my loyalty. I'll give you my integrity if you do this for me. That's not how that's supposed to work. But it's all wrapped up in the word honor. Again, it's an adherence to what is right or to a conventional standard of conduct. There is no honor in what I'm watching unfold. How could there be? But I'm not seeing any honor. I, I, uh. one of the biggest things for me is um, honesty. And even when I was making the mistakes that I was making and um, 
doing the things that I was doing that weren't very um, trustworthy. I was honest. I was honest. I told on myself. This is what I'm doing. Skipping out. This is what I'm doing. I never broke my vows when I was breaking that trust. But being truthful meant something to me then. It means something to me now. You ask me a question, I will tell you. Yeah, I did that. Or, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Whether you choose to believe me is on you, not me. It is not on me to prove to you that I have honor, loyalty, and integrity. Or that I'm telling you the truth. That's on you. But I always, always, always told the truth. If you flat out ask me something, I will tell you. I may not volunteer the information willingly. But if you ask me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth. If I've done something wrong, or I'm thinking about doing something wrong, or I'm in the process of doing something wrong, I'll tell you. You don't have to ask. I'll tell you. I will tell you. Because I cannot condone a liar. I can't. I can't stand a liar. Because once you have caught them in a lie whether it's a big lie or a little lie, once you have caught them in a lie, everything else that comes out of their mouth from that point on is suspect. And you can try and back it up with facts and figures and, you know, a three-point PowerPoint slide presentation, and I'm still not going to believe you completely. I will always doubt you. And you can prove to me time and time and time again that you haven't lied again. Not going to change the fact that you lied the first time and now I don't believe you completely. And therein lies the breaking of the trust because you lied. So you broke the trust. Well, you lied because you had no integrity. Because if you had to lie, what you were lying about obviously was not honorable, was not being loyal because you had to lie. If you were loyal, there would be no reason to lie. If you were trustworthy, there would be no reason to lie. If you had integrity, there would be no reason to lie. If you had honor, there would be no reason to lie. Because there would be nothing that you needed to cover up that you felt was shameful. And if you lie and you omit things and you don't tell the full story and you try and wrap it all up in a pretty little package with a pretty little bow and make all of the outside look pretty to divert away from what's actually going on on the inside, then you knew it was wrong. You don't have any of the other things. So I'm watching this episode unfold and I I had seen it coming for a while I had voiced concerns, but because I trust the one party involved in this explicitly, and because I am loyal to this person till the end, when they said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. You're just being paranoid. You're just, okay, all right, I can honestly say I was never told I was being paranoid, but you know, give them a chance. Just give them a chance. Okay. Without question. Okay. Because I'm loyal. If I'm told to dye my hair purple and wear green stripes for the next 17 days, because that's what we need to do. Okay. Because I trust them. 
I'm pretty sure if if I went to them and said, you know, I need to borrow your dog. Don't ask questions. They'd hand me the leash and go, all right, here you go. Carry on. Make sure you feed him, her, it. Bring it back when you're done. And there would be no worry. There would be no no doubt as to my trustworthiness with that fur baby. There would be no question as to my honor and my integrity as to what I'm going to do with said dog. And they would know I would bring said dog back in the same condition. Well, maybe a little tired and maybe full of a few extra snacks. They know that I would take as good care of that dog as they would because they trust me. But I've earned that trust. I've earned it over time. I have earned it after situation, after situation, after situation. I have earned it. Saying I'm going to do something and doing it, I've earned it. Standing beside them unquestioningly, no matter what, in whatever situation, I have proven my loyalty. When they were doing things that I didn't quite understand and was kind of hurting me, and I didn't know where they were going with what they were doing, I still stood beside them unquestioningly, and I accepted everything that they were doing. I might have not done it quietly or happily, but I still stood beside them. I still followed their lead. I went, okay, if you think this is what's best, all right. Turns out they were right, but, you know, that's besides the point. (laughs) But that right there, following them, not necessarily agreeing or understanding with what they were doing, but following them anyway, trusting in them, earned them my trust, my loyalty, because they have integrity. They've proved it. I'm going to do this for you. And they've done it. I'm going here. I'm going to do this. Okay. They've gone there. They've done that. They've honored the things that they've said they're going to do. They never lied to me. They've never broken my trust that I know of. They've never taken anything from me that wasn't, you know, in my best interest because they did take something from me. But like I said, they were right. So, you know, eventually. (laughs) I'm watching this situation and I want to scream at the other party involved. I want to, okay, if I'm honest and, you know, this is what we're talking about. If I am completely honest with the emotions that I am feeling about this situation, I want to pummel the person into the ground with the bluntest, softest piece of weaponry I could find. And why do I want to use the bluntest, softest piece of weaponry I can find? Because it'll take longer to pummel them into a smear, which means it will hurt more. Yes, the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood was my favorite. He had some really good plans. I'm telling you, I might just start carrying a spoon. Anyway. <laughs> and those of you who have seen the movie, you get the reference. It's funny because every time I just pick up a spoon and I look at it, my brother-in-law goes right into that scene. He's like, carve your heart out with a spoon. And I look at him and I go, why a spoon, my lord? And he says, because it'll hurt more. And that's what I want to do to this person. Because I'm watching them hurt somebody that I care about. I think that's the big thing is I'm watching them hurt somebody I care about. 
and I can't do anything about it. I can't say anything about it. I want to. And if any of you know me now, I am the first one to jump up when a friend or loved one is being dishonored and disrespected and betrayed. And I am the first one to jump up and go, hey, excuse me, who do you think you are? How dare you when this person has done so much for you? How dare you? When they've pretty much given you the keys to the kingdom and said, here, this is your land. I own it. But as long as you abide by my laws and by my rules, you can rule it. And they have spit in that person's face, metaphorically speaking. They've taken that opportunity. They have taken that trust that was handed to them on a silver platter and they have abused it like a street dog abused it. They have no honor. They have no integrity. I'm not even exactly sure that they even know what the word loyalty means because there's more than four letters in the word. There is no trust for this person. And the sad thing is, the really sad thing is, is they could have ruled their little corner of the kingdom. They could have created something amazing out of their little corner of the kingdom and made the entire kingdom better. But instead, they have not only betrayed the king, but they have betrayed all of the others in that kingdom. They have broken trust with everybody involved. And being part of this particular circle, if you will, this has never come into question before. I know some of these people very, very, very well. And this has never come into question before. I would have no problems turning my back on any of them and knowing full well that they are not going to stick a knife in it. But this one particular person, I I wouldn't trust them with my garbage. I wouldn't trust them with my enemy's garbage. I wouldn't trust them to turn my back. Mm Mm-mm. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Because I know at the first opportunity that they could take, they're going to screw me over. Oh, yeah. They're going to screw me over. I know it. The only reason why they haven't up to this point is because I have nothing to give them. They have no reason to come after me right now. I have nothing for them. I am nothing to them. I'm nothing. I can tell you that that opinion is going to change very, very soon because they are going to learn things that they didn't know before. And they are going to realize that I am probably a lot more valuable to them than they realized. But by this point, dude, I am your worst freaking nightmare. Because if that leash is ever unclipped and I am given free reign to do and say what I want to, you're a chew toy. (laughs) And when I'm done, I will take the shards of your bones and pick the rest of you out of my teeth. I will not feel one bit of remorse. I will not feel one bit of guilt. I will not feel one bit of shame. And if I'm allowed, it will be done in public for all to see, for all to know what kind of person you are. And I hope you listen to this podcast and I hope you sit back and you kind of go, she's talking about me. Because if you think for one moment that I'm talking about you, then you're probably right. I probably am. And you need to think and you need to wonder, what does she know? What should you be afraid that I know that I might tell? 
Because I'm a writer. I observe. I people watch. Writers and artists are interesting, are an interesting breed. Because writers will watch people, how they move, how they speak, the nuances of their voice, the subtle changes in their faces when they're lying, so that we can write that in words and make it believable on a page so that when you're reading the words about somebody who is spinning a tale and dancing around the answer to a question and putting up smoke and mirrors, you can write it believably. An artist will watch the sudden subtle movements of the muscles under the skin and the shift of the eyes when somebody tells a lie. So that when they're painting a human subject, they can capture that lifelike feel, that 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 moment of movement onto the canvas. So I observe and I listen. And I listen to the things that aren't being said. And I listen to the things that are being dressed up in that pretty little package with that really pretty big impressive bow and know that there's nothing in that box whatsoever. And I know, I know the things that you're hiding. I know because you've given yourself away. You've told on yourself by what you haven't said. You've outed yourself by what you haven't done. And you've proven your disloyalty and your lack of trust by what you have done. Especially in light of knowing what you knew when you made certain decisions on certain things and certain connections with people. And yet you made them anyway, knowing it was wrong and it was not what others wanted. But you dressed it all up in that pretty little box and the pretty little bow and danced around it and smoke screens and mirrors and got what you wanted. Don't think I didn't see it. And now, now you got greedy, you got cocky and you got caught. I'm not the only one that saw it. Trust, loyalty, integrity and honor. Great motto, don't you think? Something that should be engraved on a plaque and, you know, hung in an office or whatever. I live by those words. I try to every single day in everything that I do, whether it's my career, whether it's relationship with my best friend and sister, whether it's with my family, whether it's with my boyfriend. I live by those words, every single one of them. And I think with the people that are closest to me, I have earned the right to say, I am trustworthy. I am loyal. I have integrity and I am honorable. And I have earned the right to call you a traitor. I have earned the right to call you a betrayer. And one day soon, I will earn the right to stand beside the person who gets to publicly shame you. And I'm going to pop my popcorn and I'm going to crack my little Coke Zero because you can get them in little itty bitty cans. And I might just for celebratory sake, put a little dash of rum in that little Coke Zero. Well, vodka because, you know, no calories. And I'm going to enjoy every single minute of your undoing because the one that created you is going to tear you apart. It's going to be fun to watch. Really is. I might sell tickets because, you know, I know a lot of people that buy a ticket to come out and see that. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be well-deserved and it's going to be well-earned. 
because there was absolutely no reason to break this person's trust. There was absolutely no reason to be disloyal other than the fact that you have no integrity and you have no honor. You are nothing because you have nothing. Money, material possessions, house, whatever. That's nothing if you have no integrity and no honor. Are you a praying person? Do you believe in karma? Do you believe in retribution for your actions? Whatever it is you believe in, you might want to take a look at that. And at this point, maybe come clean. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come clean. Say, hey, you know what? Made a mistake. I'm really sorry. Own up to it. You know, may have lied. My apologies. I'll make it right. Own your shit. Own it. Face it. Because I can tell you, if you do that, it might not be so horrible. You might even be able to salvage some of the friendship, if that means anything to you. I mean, at this point, I'm not sure if the friendship means anything to you at all. And I'm I'm just, I'm so, so, so disheartened with this whole thing. Because as much as my instinct was screaming, no, 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 I don't always listen because sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's askew, you know, misread things. It's happened. And sometimes I can be a little fly off the handle like and, and paranoid and suspicious. I am suspicious by nature kind of who I am. So I was willing to just kind of, okay, you know, we'll just put that aside for now. We'll see where this goes. But damn it, I was right. My suspicions, ow, something bit me on the top of the head. It hurts. I just found it. My suspicions were right. I don't feel good about that. I really don't because it hurts somebody that I care about a great deal. And you don't hurt the ones that I love. Mm. No, no, you don't. You just don't. Not intentionally. And that's that. all I can say is this entire situation was, in do- was done intentionally. There, every single thing on the list. <laughs> and there's a list, which is even scarier. There's a list of specific things where trust was broken, where loyalty was broken. There was no integrity or honor at all in some of these actions. It kills me. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward from a place of peace with this. And I don't want to just dump it in the other and say, okay, you know what, here, I've said my piece, you deal with it now. Because that's not who I am. Because I'm loyal. And I'm going to stand beside that person. And I'm going to go through that, through this with that person. And I'm going to shoulder the brunt of some of this stress and pain for that person. Because pain halved is pain shared is pain halved. H-A-L-V-E-D. Because, you know, I don't always pronounce words correctly. Enunciation sometimes is not my strong suit. And at 117 in the morning, not a strong suit right now. I don't know. I just, I do hope that you have listened to this podcast and you, you take stock of yourself and what you've done to a beautiful human being. And you own it and you face it and you admit it and you fix it. I really do. 
I can't see a good reason for what for doing what you did. So I'm not even going to say I hope there's a good reason because there isn't. There's no good reason. But yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do a full hour. Surprisingly, I did and only cursed maybe once. And I'll be honest, the F word was on the tip of my tongue a couple of times when I got worked up there a little bit. But, you know, I am respectful. (laughs) There's another word for you. Respect. There has not been a whole lot of that. And I will honestly say that when it comes to the respect aspect of this situation, I have seen none of it coming my way. Not even an iota. Nothing come my way. But like I said earlier, I am nothing right now. But you just wait. Oh, you just wait. You wait. Wait till you find out just how useful I could have been. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Might have gotten your way a whole lot more if you had been a little nicer to me. I would have been a great ally to have. Except I'm loyal. and I'm trustworthy, which means I would have told the person. I have integrity. So some of the things that had gone on wouldn't have gone on. I had been involved. I have honor. So I don't think I would have ever been your ally in any way, shape, or form. Because I see you. I see you. I see your true face. And it's not pretty. Not by a long shot. And I don't care what you put on. And I don't care what kind of clothes you wear or how you dress yourself up. You're still ugly. Because that inside shows. It shows. It's in your energy, it's in your aura, it's in your movements and your voice, it's in your whatever in you. And it shows, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And I pretty much feel like that this podcast has been talking directly to you. Don't take these things for granted. Don't just brush off trust and loyalty and integrity and honor because that is who you are. That is how people judge you. Yes, I know. People should not judge you. But if you expect people to trust your word, your word needs to be trustworthy. If you expect people to believe in you and have faith in you, then you need to be believable and you need to be honorable and faithful. You're not any of these things by any stretch of the imagination. And trust me, I'm a writer. I have a pretty good imagination. You'd be amazed at the things I can come up with. I I, I will not defend you ever again. I will say I am glad I do not have to actually deal with you again for a while. Because I'm very angry right now and it's very hard for me to keep my opinions and my words to myself So I pretty much vet every response through somebody else before I send it out. Um, And there have been a couple of responses today that have not gone out for that very reason. Sometimes I need to be tempered a little bit. Be warned. When the proverbial caca hits the fan, I don't necessarily think I need to be that polite anymore. I would prefer not to ever have to speak to you again. Because I choose to not associate myself with those kinds of people. Because a lot of times you are judged by the company that you keep. There's something that my grandfather drummed into our heads when we were children. 
People gauge you and judge you by the company that you keep. And if you keep company with low lowlifes, you will be deemed a low life. And I have worked very, 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 very hard to be respectable and honorable. And I have pulled myself out of a metaphysical gutter because I never actually lived in a gutter. I'm not wealthy or rich or, you know, even have spare change, but I am classy. And if I choose to rise above my anger towards you and not waste the energy that it would take to draw breath, to tell you exactly how I feel about you, because you're not worth the energy or the air or the moment that it would take for me to tell you you're a dick, then I won't do it because I'm a bigger person than that. And because I am loyal to the person you hurt, I will let them do it. And out of respect for them, this will be the only time you'll hear anything from me on the subject. Now, when this all kind of, you know, blows up, I might tell you, you might want to, if you haven't already listened to this podcast, I just might send it to you. (laughs) Just because I am female and we can be a little catty, you know, it's in our nature. Meow. Don't kill the cat. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the outcome of this situation is. Well, I do. I do. I know the outcome of the eventual outcome of this. I don't know what the immediate outcome is going to be. But I know what the eventual outcome is going to be. It's going to be very hard to be patient and wait. <laughs> but I will. Because the longer I wait... The longer I stay silent, the more rope you manage to pull in your direction. Yep, yep. Just remember that. The more rope you get, the higher you're going to hang for all to see. I think I'm going to end it there. I really don't want to beat a dead horse. I'd rather beat you, but you know, let's not do either. I don't look good in orange. I really don't. I don't know any good jailhouse ditties, so I'm not going to go to jail because I'm loyal and I'm honorable and I'm trustworthy and I have integrity. And I suggest if you're not exactly sure the meanings of those words, if how I described them at the beginning of the podcast didn't quite make sense to you, because maybe you don't understand what what loyalty and integrity and trustworthiness and honor mean. Maybe you just don't know what those are. Google them. Google them. Look them up. And if you can't look yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I've got those qualities, either you need to get a new mirror or you need to figure out why you don't have those qualities and fix it. Because the next person you decide to screw over, the next person you decide to hurt might not be as nice. You know, might not be as nice. I'm sorry there is no fun fact Friday. I am sorry there is no Florida Man Friday, but I couldn't let this sit. And this is a forum where I can speak my mind on whatever I want to. Whether or not this actually makes it to the airwaves, we'll see. I'm sure it will. I just, I I just, I could not sit by and be silent anymore. I needed to vent. And y'all know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, this is where I do that. And I do it well, generally for about an hour or so. And then I shut up <laughs> till next week. Uh, I do want to say happy belated Thanksgiving to uh, my 
Canadian counterparts. We had a lovely Thanksgiving. I'm going to leave that current situation where it is now. I think I kind of want to end on a up note. I don't want to um, leave my, I don't want to end my podcast with a pad, with a bad taste in my mouth. And this person gives me a very bad taste in my mouth and it makes me make that face. If you know me, you know what face I'm making right now. <laughs> I don't like to make that face. I don't like to have to use his voice. But anyway, um, yeah, we had a lovely Thanksgiving. I uh, ended up, drove to, I told you last week, I drove to New Brunswick and back. But we did Thanksgiving on Saturday. And I learned a valuable lesson. When you say you're going to bring a pecan or, as my live studio audience likes to correct me, pecan pie, to a Thanksgiving feast. Don't leave the purchase of the pie shells until the morning of. I went to two stores. The only two stores really in town that would carry said pie shells. Neither one of them had them. But I did happen to find the final and only package of tart shells left in the freezer at the no frills. So I scooped them up, got the rest of my ingredients, had to go to two stores to get all the ingredients. Came home, made some pecan tarts. Went over to my sister Crystal's house and we had an incredible feast. Oh my gosh, it was so good. We had deep fried turkey. And I can't tell you how much I love deep fried turkey. It is so good and so juicy and just mmm. Yeah, Brian does a mean deep fried turkey. And then there was um, some kind of cinnamon sweet potato. I, Danny made it. I wasn't real fond of it. I didn't tell her that. Um, and then there was this Brussels sprout dish that she made with bacon. And I got to say, Jay, if you're listening to this, bacon does really make everything better. Because I don't like Brussels sprouts. <clears throat> See? I don't like Brussels sprouts. They make me gag. They're icky. They're little like mini cabbages. I don't like cooked cabbage. I don't like sauerkraut. No. But she made these little tiny, like they were little tiny cabbage, like little, little tiny Brussels sprouts. And she did it with this bacon and something else. I don't know. It was really good. I ate them. And I mean, they could have been cooked a little less. They were kind of smooshy and it, it was a consistency thing. But they tasted really good. All you could taste with the bacon. They had no flavor. I was great. It was great. It was great. The Brussels sprouts had no flavor other than bacon. I'm okay with that. I'll eat them if they taste like bacon. And they tasted like bacon. And then we had what would have been stuffing if we had done the bird in the oven, but because the bird went into the deep fryer, you can't stuff it. So it was dressing. Uh, it's Crystal's famous dressing. It was really good. <sighs> yummy, yummy. And buns with butter. I mean, you have to have buns with butter. The only thing that was missing really was gravy. There was no gravy. I just know. I just realized now there was no gravy. Oh, and we had ham because you have to have turkey and you have to have ham. That's a thing. So I was asked at um, because that was the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, um, the Jaysomon Darkmouth Company had a board meeting, and I was asked at the board meeting if Canadian Thanksgiving was the same as American Thanksgiving if we were, you know, celebrating when we sat down with the indigenous people and, you know, 
broke bread. No, we don't have a Mayflower. No, it's not. It's not. And I do believe last year I did a whole podcast on Canadian Thanksgiving and the fact that Canadian Thanksgiving actually bounced around the year for a bit. Understanding Canadian Thanksgiving is also learning what it's not. Now, retiring to one's favorite recliner or deep sofa sofa to sleep off an excess of tryptophan-laden turkey is not so much the Canadian norm. There are no high school football games, no marching bands, no turkey trots or parades, no Santa Claus waving at our northern neighbors from a giant sleigh gliding down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Um, A more traditional Canadian Thanksgiving might be taking advantage of the mild October weather against the backdrop of vibrant foliage. I always say that word wrong, so I have to look at it to make sure that I put the I in the right place. It's not foliage, it's foliage. Anyway, which we did. We ate outside. It was beautiful. Um, Cash was playing with the airsoft guns. So, you know, typical Canadian Thanksgiving. We ate outside, we had deep fried turkey, we shot some guns at some beer cans, and then there were fireworks. Kind of sounds like a Southern Thanksgiving too. But, you know, it is what it is. There's rednecks everywhere. We're just our version. Um, Canadians are apt to don their sensible down vests and Hudson Bay inspired scarves for an extended jaunt outdoors. Thanksgiving weekend is quite possibly the last of the pleasant weather in Canada before the onslaught of frigid temperatures. Now, the story behind the Canadian Thanksgiving. Granted, the early years of Canadian Thanksgiving were a little Plymouth Rocky. In 1578, English explorer Martin Frobisher hosted the first Thanksgiving celebration in North America. Following a dicey journey through the Northwest Passage, which nobody to this day has ever been able to find. <sighs> yeah, we are going to discuss the Northwest Passage on one of these podcasts because it's it's like a Canadian phenomenon. Frobisher and his fellow explorers had plenty of reason to be thankful for making it out alive. In the years following, folks took their time getting acquainted with the holiday, celebrating it casually and sporadically and in the 17th and 18th centuries. But back then, it was more a day of reflection, appreciating the blessings bestowed upon themselves and their country. Interestingly enough, Thanksgiving wasn't celebrated nationally until 1879. For a while, Canada attempted a two-for-one approach to the festivities, combining it with Armistice Day. The mashup of the two holidays was embraced with tepid enthusiasm at best. It wasn't until 1957 that the Governor General of Canada issued a proclamation declaring a day of general thanksgiving to be observed on the second Monday in October. Now, even more curious is that Canadian Thanksgiving is celebrated nationally but can be legislated at the provincial and territorial levels. In Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island, Turkey Day is optional. Yes, I said that. Turkey Day is optional. Which means if you live in any of those provinces, the government of that province can say, you know what, we're not going to do Thanksgiving this year. We're just, we're not. Go to work. Those who work the holiday are generously, generously compensated. Not only do they enjoy monetary overtime, their stay-at-home co-workers often provide a bounty of Thanksgiving leftovers as well. Which begs the question, what's on the Canadian Thanksgiving menu, you may ask? 
Alrighty. Now, I I do some of this stuff I'm, I do have to disagree with. Canadians have their eye on our November holiday when they gather around their Thanksgiving tables. Your, the Americans' November holiday. This is obviously an American article. Their dinner menu is not so different from what Americans have come to know here in there in the U.S. as a traditional Thanksgiving feast. Odds are good that a batter, a butter-basted, overstuffed turkey will take center stage or deep fried. In some homes, ham is the preferred protein. We had both. Now, this is a Canadian home. Also, in others, there is a tortiere, which is a pastry filled with meat and potatoes. It's basically a meat pie. Tortiere is French for meat pie. Uh, yams or mashed potatoes will cozy up to a gravy boat filled to the brim, and vegetables will run the gamut from single, simple greens to elaborate gratins, which means there's cheese. Everything's good with cheese. Like our neighbors to the south, Canadians plan their Thanksgiving menu with a nod toward leftovers. Desserts generally feature a pumpkin pie and possibly a maple-kissed butter tart. I made pecan. Well, you most likely won't find sweet potatoes covered in marshmallows. You will find them covered in cinnamon. You can count on there being lots of diced Canadian bacon sprinkled through a... St- what? Okay, obviously an American wrote this because, first of all, nobody puts female bacon on any of their Thanksgiving dishes anywhere at any time in any stretch of the imagination. I'm sorry. We don't. Yeah. No. No, and we do have sweet potatoes, and we do have white potatoes, and we have gravy, and we have stuffing, and we have cranberry sauce, sometimes from the can, sometimes we make it from real cranberries, and you don't have to have the cranberry jello. I, I Really, like, the funniest thing I ever saw was the one year my mom couldn't find a bag of cranberries at the grocery store, so she couldn't make homemade cranberry sauce, so she bought a can thinking it would be the same thing. And my dad, being the smartass that he is, opened the can, turned the can upside down so the gelatinous solid mass would exit the can in one piece and put it in the bowl and brought it to the table. And now there is this quivering, jiggling, wiggling tower of cranberry jello, still retaining the shape and the ridges of the can. My live studio audience says it's so good. Um... Well, he can have my share because I'm not a fan of cranberry sauce to begin with. He's okay with that, apparently. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we don't sprinkle Canadian bacon through any of our staple dishes. I'm sorry. It's a dish on it all on its own. And we don't generally eat it on Thanksgiving. Most surprisingly, apparently, I should have vetted this article. And what this person who wrote the article considers a stroke of genius. Canadians believe you can enjoy your Thanksgiving meal any day of the three-day weekend, providing a little wiggle room. Um, well, yeah, Thanksgiving's always on the Monday, and the Monday's a holiday. So you can have Thanksgiving Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or on the Monday. A lot of times with Canadian families, we have Thanksgiving every day of that four-day weekend because there's family. I had Thanksgiving dinner Saturday, leftover. Did I have leftovers on Sunday? No, I didn't have leftovers on Sunday. I had Thanksgiving again with my mom and my sister and my brother and the fam. We went to a corn maze and did a social distance visit outside and had Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I had bird of some sort. And then last night I had leftovers of the chicken. 
and potato salad. It was really good. Which, yeah, yesterday was Monday. So anyway, yeah. Um, and apparently, according to this American, it says, is it really Thanksgiving if there isn't a member of your family screaming at the TV to catch the ball, you idiot? Apparently not. Some Thanksgiving traditions are shared across the U.S. Canadian, Canadian, Canadian border. After the last smidgen of pumpkin pie is consumed, many Canadians will be so inclined to watch a little football. The Thanksgiving Day Classic, a doubleheader, is hosted by the Canadian Football League and aired nationwide. A mass exodus from the dinner table with credit cards in hand and a shopping mall programmed into the GPS is, however, rare. As soon as the turkey leftovers are tucked away in Tupperware and the the holiday shopping commences. In recent years, retail stores have opened as early as 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day for doorbuster deals on televisions and Instapots and AirPods. But there's no Black Friday in October. No Canadian version of the mad rush to the big box stores. And for us Canadians, that's okay. We're good with that. Because when Black Friday does roll around in the U.S., we... Canadians capitalize on that. We will grab onto that and go, oh, guess what? You know, we're going to have Black Friday too. Why not? You guys are. Sure. Why not? Now, our biggest shopping day mirrors out of the UK though, and that's Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. And it's usually the day, like you have Christmas Day and then the next day is Boxing Day. And that's the day that everybody takes all of those really awful Christmas gifts that they got and they take all the gift receipts and they go to the stores and they exchange it for something they really wanted. And they take all of their Christmas money and they go buy that brand new TV or, you know, the thing that they really wanted and they didn't get. So it's called Boxing Day. So this this person that wrote the article, it says, From where I stand, armed with a mountain of pie shells fighting for freezer space, the most fascinating aspect of Canadian Thanksgiving is the casualness of it all. There's plenty of gathering and celebrating, but it's not uncommon for people to stay local. The craziness of travel by air, car, train, bus that we associate with Thanksgiving in the States is toned down several notches. This year, with more of this person's family members situated in Canada than in her neck of the woods, they'll be traveling north to ease into the holiday in Toronto. So that is Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, let me see if I can find you a little bit better history. Um, there is a bit of a dark history to our Canadian Thanksgiving. Now, with Thanksgiving, long weekend already passed, and it came on the heels of the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. CBC Windsor spoke to a few Indigenous educators in Ontario about what the holiday means to them. Now, Teresa Sims is an elder and a cultural language specialist at Skana Family Learning Center in Windsor. I can't pronounce that name. Deliri, an Indigenous educator, facilitator, and consultant in Wapole, Ontario. And Trent Professor Shirley Williams, an elder and member of the Ontario University's Cheney Wenjack School for Indigenous Studies. Thanksgiving, we had that even before there was colonizers, Sims said. We always celebrated the harvest and what creation has provided for us. Mother Nature has provided everything that we need, but we have to learn how to respect it and care for it and always keep it for the next seven generations. Williams said celebrations of the harvest were multi-day affairs, giving thanks for not just nature's bounty, but the health of the community. Deliri said celebrating the harvest at this time of year is important and giving thanks for the earth 
Toot for the Earth shouldn't be a once a year event, but an everyday occurrence. Every day that we wake up, every day that we have another opportunity to walk on this beautiful gift, which is our mother, the Earth, to experience life, we give thanks. And that is our worldview, Deliri said. So for Canadians and for all people, I think we really have to get to a place in the world where we appreciate what we have. And by appreciating what we have, we begin to take care of it better. Deliri said that with the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation so recent on September 30th, he hopes Canadians take this opportunity to learn more about the history of Thanksgiving and its Indigenous people. William said the earliest Thanksgiving was shared between Europeans and Indigenous people in Canada, but in the years following, the Europeans wanted more resources and more land and started wars to get them. There is a truthful story with regards to how Thanksgiving came to be, and that story is not the kind of Hollywoodized version that we've been told in our history books or that's shown us in the media, and that's the Frobisher story. It is very much a dark history, very much a dark story about how Indigenous people saved those early colonists from starvation, Frobisher, and then the following year, those same colonists burning and murdering those very Indigenous people on the eastern shores of Turtle Island, North America. It's a very dark, dark history and a dark story, and I think it's something that Canadians should take an opportunity to learn. That dark history isn't in the distant past. We finally believe, they finally believe us because we've known that since residential schools started, Sims said of her feelings about the outpouring of support from non-Indigenous Canadians on the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. It's time for them to realize how privileged they really are that they don't have to worry about their children now coming home from school. They don't have to worry about their children being abused, neglected, or, you know, assaulted, as we had to every day where we lost our children. She points to the Mohawk Institute, the residential school in Brantford, Ontario, that closed in the 1970s. I was just finishing high school at the time, so my mom had to worry about all her nephews and nieces. They moved us off the reserve because they, she did not want us to go through the abuse and the terror, that terror that she went through as a child. So they're very privileged to have to really give thanks for what you have because not everyone in Canada had that. With more Canadians hearing about the horrors of residential schools, Williams, the survivor of the system herself, said she and many Indigenous people are giving thanks for getting the truth out. Many people are becoming more aware. I'm a survivor. They didn't believe us. Sims hopes that to see concrete impacts on the way Indigenous people and cultures are treated in Canada. Finally, we have more allies, but also the knowledge comes responsibility. Okay, what are you going to do about this? Because we're only 4% of the population. We can't fix everything, and it's not going to happen overnight. So take a look into the real history of Canadian Thanksgiving. And while articles will dress it up pretty and say it's about giving thanks and reflecting, it is. And we should be giving thanks and we should be reflecting. But remember to reflect on the right stuff. So, okay, now I'm going to end the podcast. We're going to end it on a happy note. I'm almost out of the buns that my mother forced me to bring home. And once the carbs are out of the house, because I am a, I found out carbs are my weakness. If they're in the house, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to. So I don't bring them in the house. And she sent me home with like KFC and potato salad and buns. There's nothing better than a bun with butter. Oh, I mean, come on. One of them soft, squishy buns and you get some good butter on it. Mm, I want a bun now. 
anyway, so yeah, we're going to end on that. We just had Thanksgiving and um, it's time for me to get back on the keto train and, you know, lose the little bit of gut that I got over the Thanksgiving weekend um, and prepare for the next thing that I'm going to worry about, which is the COVID test. So I hope you all really listened to what I had to say this week because it's a really important message. If you don't have any of those qualities, then what kind of person are you? What kind of life are you leading? Maybe it's time to make a change. Have at least one of those qualities. So, all right, everybody, have a good week. And I will talk to you all next week. I should be pretty much a basket case by then. And you'll get to listen to some nervous ramblings for an hour because I'm just, it's going to be, yeah. My suitcases, I bought my new suitcase. It's pretty much going to live on my kitchen chair from now until I pull it out the door to go to the airport because I'm going to pack it and I'm going to repack it. I'm going to unpack it and I'm going to decide what I'm going to pack 17 times between now and then. So the countdown is on, peeps. The countdown is on. Yeah. And the last week I might actually do one of them countdown TikTok things. So we'll see. All right. Anyway, have a good week, everybody. And I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.